At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote what does every grocery store aisle now have in common Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's hour number three of the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network, and we've got an absolutely tremendous hour for you. We're going to be joined in 15 minutes by a pair of gentlemen, Dan Stuff, who does great work over at Action Network, and Spencer Kite, who does great work over at Severe MMA and is a freelance writer over at UFC. We're going to be chatting with them about this week's big fight guard, taking a look at the Glover to share a fight and so much more. They're going to be doing battle out there in the country of Brazil. So it should be a really good fight card. We're going to be chatting about the undercard. We're going to be taking a look at some of the main event fights and just some ways to be able to reduce the juice on some of these fights as well, because I always find that to be very intriguing. Sometimes you get like some of these minus 1000 favorites, what have you. And you know what? Sometimes they can be some of those profitable Bets actually, because I still remember it's not quite minus 1,000, but the Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor fight. I was able to get in on Floyd at minus $4, and honestly, that's, in my opinion, one of the most valuable bets I feel like I've ever made in my life. So there's always ways to be able to make money on these cards. So we're going to be ch- chatting with them in about 15 minutes. Here in this segment, though, we're taking a look at some college basketball, and we're going to be wrapping up the show, taking a look at a college basketball Friday as well, Saturday going to be an absolute banger of a card once again we've got nearly 140 games it looks like we're just short of 150 in terms of the saturday card but that said this is sort of the appetizer to what we're going to be seeing on saturday and we do have a matchup out there in the atlantic 10 that has some intrigue and 
a moving line. 889, 890 on the betting board. It is VCU. They're in the road. They're facing off against Richmond. They're not in the road too far because both of these scenes are based out there in Richmond, Virginia, and VCU in this intra-city rivalry now finds themselves as a one and a half to a two-point favorite. Total setting between 131 and a half and 132 and a half. And with Richmond, I set them as a favorite. I do think that both of these teams are relatively equal on a neutral court and Having home court advantage in a situation like this, I do think is very, very key. This is going to be a rambunctious one, to say the least. Both of these teams desperate for a win in an Atlantic 10 that could have called what it is. It's been rather disappointing. And the big thing for VCU is taking care of the ball. They've been turning the ball over right around 15 and a half times per game. Now, what you do like about VCU is that they've been able to do a rock-solid job on defense. They rank right around 25th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And you take a look at the way that they generate turnovers. That's always a hallmark of VCU. They generate about 9.5 seals per game, but if you look on a turnovers force on a per-possession basis, they rank number 5 in all of college basketball. Richmond, not necessarily so much of a team that is going to generate as many turnovers. In terms of turnovers force on a per-possession basis, they're more around 291st, but that said, they've got, in my opinion, the best player in this game in Tyler Burton. For Richmond, he's been able to deliver 19 points, 9 rebounds, shoots in the mid-30s from 3-part range, and you've got good versatility with this team because you've also got someone like Jason Roche who's able to give you 7 points. He shoots 40% from 3-part range. Andre Gustafson has been able to shoot it well from 3-part range. Neil Quinn is a 7-footer that gives out nearly 3 assists per game as well. And for VCU, Ace Baldwin has been able to do a rock-solid job all season long, delivering 12 points, 6 assists, shoots 40% from 3. Fall-off in his scoring has been recent, though, but... He has only been able to give the team right around eight points in the last two games, so that's been a little bit of an issue for this VCU team. But you still have someone like Brandon Johns transfers in from Michigan, 12 points, five rebounds out of him. And you've got really a whole is greater than some of its parts collective around these guys. You've got other guys like a like a Jaden Nunn who's been able to do a solid job, giving you right around eight or so points per contest. You've got Derek Shriver who comes in. From Hartford, he's able to give you right around seven points per contest. So you're able to go down the list. These guys do a good job of being able to generate turnovers. But Richmond has been able to do a solid job taking care of the ball right around 12 turnovers per game. I do think that this is going to be a little bit of a low-scoring slog. You've got a Richmond team that also ranks in the top 100 in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. And Richmond does a really good job of getting their slow and controlled style. This is a Richmond bunch that they rank 300th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. I do think that this is going to be a game that gets slowed down because while VCU is a defense-oriented team, they're more around 135th in terms of possessions per game. So total I said at 128. I'm going to be looking under in this spot. And I do think that with having home court advantage and with having a VCU team that is sketchy with their offense, to say the least, I do think that you're going to be able to see Richmond get the job done in a tight game. So Richmond has a two-point favorite, so I'm going to take them as a money line underdog, and I'm going to be taking a look at this total under as well. This is another game that I think is going to be a rather low-scoring slog when you've got a day that is dominated by games involving Metro Atlantic teams. You're going to be finding this quite a bit. This is 887, 888 on the board. It is Ryder. They play us to Niagara. Niagara is a 5.5 to a 6-point underdog with your total between 128.5 and 129. And with Ryder, I did set them as a 6.5-point favorite. So I'm going to be one to lay, whether it be 5.5 or 6 in this ordeal with them because I do think that they've got the best player out there on the floor. That would be Dwight Murray Jr. He's been able to register 17 points, 4.5 boards, chips in their 3 assists, shoots nearly 39% from 3-point range as both of these teams are looking to play relatively slowly. Now Niagara is the slower of the two. Niagara 
if you were to have their mascot be really rebranded, it would be a tortoise because among your 363 D1 teams, 356th in terms of total possessions per game. So they are really looking to crank things out. And Ryder, they typically have been a little bit more of an up-tempo team. They have decided to play a little bit more of a methodical style this year, 279th in the country in terms of total possessions per game. But we're seeing Ajiri Aguemo Johnson come back after he was a little bit banged up towards the beginning of the season. Six plus rebounds and now five of the team's last eight games. Last year, he was registering right in the neighborhood about seven rebounds, eight points per game. This season has been down to more around four to five rebounds per game. So they need him to be able to pick it up. Alan Bentron, who was a 13.5 point per game scorer at Towson during the 2019-20 season, only giving you seven points per game, but he is shooting 40% from three-point range. And for Niagara, they are completely reliant upon Noah Thomason. Now, he's one of the best, shall we say, high usage guys you're going to find in mid-major college basketball for Niagara and their slow style. He averages 18.5 points, 3.4 assists, 3.6 rebounds while shooting 38.5% from three-point range. Gets him out from Aaron Gray and Sam Oreo down low. These are a pair of guys combining for 10.5 rebounds. You've got Gray giving you 13 points per game as well. But that said, this is an Niagara team that it's a little bit of a myth, in my opinion, that slow teams play good defense because you've got Niagara right around 205th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, Ryder between 220th and 225th. So, Neither of these teams necessarily just completely lock you down on defense. It is an Niagara team that they do a good job of not allowing a lot of three-point shots, but Ryder is a team that is looking to get the ball inside themselves. They've been able to have someone like a Tariq Ingram who comes in from Wake Forest, be able to give them five rebounds per game. I like what he's been able to do on Mervyn James. I do think he's a big X factor. Ryder on 12 points, six rebounds per game, shoots in the high 30s from three-point range himself. I do think that this is going to be another one of these games in which Things are going to be tied down. Things are going to be slow. Set my total at 126 half. So going back to an under, but I do think that Ryder having the best player out there on the floor, Mr. Murray Jr. And having a Niagara team that they've been having an even tougher time than normal of scoring. And they've given up at least 69 points in now three of their last five games that they're going to be able to get it done in this ordeal. Looking at the under, and I am looking to lay five and a half to six with Ryder in this circumstance. How about if we look at a team that's even slower? This is... 879-880 on the betting board. Canisius hits a road face-off against Fairfield. The, st the Stags of Fairfield are a 5 to 5.5 point favorite, seeing straight 4.5 out there. Total game is between 130 and 132. And with Fairfield, they opened up as a 4-point favorite. If you're able to catch a 4.5 out there, they're few and far between. Still a little bit of value. 5 is when you really start to lose value, though, because with Fairfield... They play at such a slow style that it's hard to win by much more than that. And it's not like this Fairfield team necessarily does the world's greatest job of being able to do the little things on offense. Their top scorer has a very, very fitting name. Supreme Cook, 13 points, 8 rebounds per game down low. And their main facilitator has been relatively solid this year in Caleb Fields. He's been able to chip in there nearly 3 assists, 13 points per game. But he was missing in the team's last game. And He's been a little bit banged up recently, which means that they're going to need to get a little bit more out of TJ Long, who's been able to give you 10 points. That has not necessarily been a great three-point shooter for a Fairfield team that they only shoot 28% from distance. Now, they do a relatively solid job down low on Jake Wojcik, finally getting back to form for this team. Wojcik, two seasons ago, was really the team's top scorer with 13.5 points per game. He was shooting 38% from three. That fell to 9.5 points last season. And now it's dropped even further to six points per game this year. Now, I will say, last two games, 
A combined 10 assists, 33 points without Caleb Fields in the fold. So without Fields, he has really been able to have some shine. Meanwhile, take a look at this Canisius bunch, and they're a mid-tempo team. If you take a look out of conference, they were actually a top 85 team in terms of total possessions per game. But the Canisius offense in conference has just went straight down the tubes. You take a look at what they've been able to do, and they have scored 67 points or fewer in now each out of their last six games. And for that matter, they have broken the 70-point plateau against one Division I opponent in their last 12 games. This for a team that, once again, they don't play at a super slow pace. It's not like they shoot it terribly from three-point range. They shoot about 34.5-ish percent from three-point range. You've got Jordan Henderson, who's been the main scorer for this team, shooting 36% from the outside, 87% of the free throw line with 13.5 points per game, but they only shoot 40% from the floor. They shoot it halfway decent from three. They can't get the ball inside. They've got Yako Fritz and Xavier Long. They combine for 12 rebounds per game, but Fritz is someone that's saying six foot ten. He does not really like to get the ball into the perimeter. You've got Jameer Moultrie. He comes in and has been able to do a solid job since coming over from Kennesaw State. He's been able to do a solid job being able to chip in there in the pocket of about 12.5 points or 10.5 points per game, shooting over 40% from three-point range. Also a big issue for the team. I mentioned Anderson, their top scorer, has not played in the last three games, and he looks questionable for this game. I'm thinking that he's going to be out the fold, but you do want to be checking out on his status, and that means that Taj Severoski has had to step it up with 12 points per game. He only shoots about 30% from three. So you've got a short-handed Canisius team. You've got a short-handed Fairfield team. You know, and that means a little bit more of a slog in this game. Semi-total at 129, looking under and Fairfield, I said as a five-point favorite. Once you get up north of five, that is my buy point on Canisius. And coming up next, it is my buy point on UFC 283 because we've got a pair of great guests, Dan Self over at Action Network, along with Spencer Kite. They join me next here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Beeson, the Sports Bank Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have 
hair plugs. I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah, like check out these hair plugs. I mean, don't just walk around, hey, tapping, <laughs> hey, hey, stranger, I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Some people try to act like they, uh, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot? Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but. All right, so what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. We're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Great to be joined by our two guests as Dan Sup does great work over at Action Network. And then we've got Spencer Kite. He does amazing work following the UFC, doing most of his work as a freelancer over at UFC.com. Gentlemen, we've got ourselves a great fight card coming up at before we take a look at just the main event that we're going to be getting in UFC 283. Just want to talk first about how great this winter slash spring card is. Dan, I'll start with you because we are getting things all kicked off with Teixeira versus Hill. But that's it. We've got John Bones Jones, who is finally going to be back on the card. Knock on whatever in the heck my microphone is resting on. I believe that it is granite, but hopefully we get that fight. And it just is going to be banger upon banger these next few weekends. Yeah, we had a, a month off, obviously, around the holidays. Um, you know, UFC typically does that. The UFC gets itself in a lot of trouble during the downtime. Thankfully, they're not going to have much of that coming up. And it, it's great, too. I think it's 11 fight cards in 12 weeks, and it's just not, you know, it, we've got some filler cards, but there's some pay-per-view bangers. Like you said, the return of John Jones especially is is one a lot of people are going to be watching. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this, this early 2023 schedule uh, is, is stacked, and there's some some can miss fights starting with uh, a few this weekend. Oh, absolutely. And Spencer, I just want to get your thoughts before we dive in on UFC 283 as to what we're going to be seeing this winter slash spring, because I think that some of the guys that we're finding on this card, we could see a little bit later on during the season as well, especially some of the guys that are looking to rise back up. Like someone like a Gilbert Burns. I think that he's got a lot to prove with this fight. That's going to be going down over the weekend. Yeah, I think we're definitely going to see some of these guys, some of these men and women within the, still within the first half of the year would be my expectation. But then looking at the rest of sort of the next three months, even just the first quarter of the year, before we even get to the return of John Jones, we go back to Australia, Islam Mahashev, Alexander Volkanovsky, champion versus champion for the lightweight title. That's at the top of my, like right now, that is still my favorite fight that's on, that's, that's official for this year. I'm not trusting John Jones quite yet. Let me get to early, maybe late February, and then I'll start trusting that that's really happening. But I mean, if that card shapes out the way that it's sort of talked about right now with Jones and and Cyril gone in the main event, and then maybe two more title fights behind it with each of the women, Amanda Nunes defending her belt 
and potentially Valentina Shevchenko defending her belt as well. That's an insane card at the start of March to then go later in the month and go over to London for, for Leon Edwards, Kamaru Usman part three. Oh, absolutely. I think that we're going to be getting some really good fights and it's going to be interesting to see how things shake out. And in terms of UFC 283, let's lead it off with this because typically you find this guy a little bit higher up on the card. It's Mauricio Shogun Rua, who is finding himself right now as a plus 175 underdog against E.R. Poteria. I'm going to start with you on this one, Dan. Where do you stand on this? Because we haven't seen Shogun in quite a while and it's one of those cases of how the mighty have fallen because you're not used to seeing him this low on the card. Very intriguing, but as we know with Mr. Rua, a little bit diminished at this point of his career. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks. Shogun is kind of like our, our last remaining uh, connection to the Pride era. And, and, you know, they've announced this as his retirement fight. Obviously, we know retirements don't stick very long in MMA, but I, I think this one is obviously going to going to stick around. Uh, Shogun's getting a little long in the tooth. Uh, th this fight, I, I, I think they're doing as big of a favor as they can to him, giving him a winnable fight. We've seen a lot of times the UFC really likes to take the aging vets and feed them to a, a youngster to kind of build their name. I, I think they're doing as much as they can. You know, one fight UFC guy uh, and Patera. Um, I, I think it's a dog or pass situation getting Shogun at plus 175 against a, a clearly flawed fighter. Uh, just, I mean, it's it's almost too tempting not to take, but we know Shogun, Shogun is very chinny right now. Uh, we've seen him get rocked by basically nothing. I, I think the one wild card in all this is he could, you know, kind of resort to his jiu-jitsu, try to get this to the ground, try to grind out uh, and just avoid the big punches uh, from his opponent. Um, so I don't know, Shogun at plus 175. I haven't bit yet, but I, I, you know, me being the old, old time, old school MMA fan that I am, I think by the time Saturday night comes around, my, my finger is going to be a little too itchy and I'll probably have to make at least a, a small sentimental bet on, on Shogun at plus uh, at, at these odds. And Spencer, where do you stand on the Shogun Rua fight? Because it's very intriguing to take a look at this and typically you don't find Shogun as a plus 175 underdog in this instance. And I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of people are thinking the way that Dan does and they're going to take a shot. Yeah, I'm thinking the exact same way. It's it's play with the heart and play with, with sentimentality and and see if the old dog can get one more, go out on a on a high note at home. I mean, the welcome he's going to get when he walks out to the cage is going to be bonkers. And I hope he gets to exit with something similar off a win. As Dan mentioned, it's not often that we see the UFC give vets like this an opportunity to get a victory and a really winnable fight. The one most recently that comes to mind, obviously, is Frankie Edgar in Madison Square Garden against Chris Gutierrez. That did not go well at all. And so I hope Shogun can do it. As Dan said, the last, the last tie to the Pride organization in Japan, he was one of the best in the world during his run there. We didn't see the best version of him in the UFC, but if he can go and he still had a good career in the UFC, don't get me wrong, but if he can go out on a high note, that'd be a really cool way to close out the prelims on Saturday. Absolutely. And one of the fights that we're also seeing on the prelims, this is one that you like Spencer. It's involving a very big jockey favorite as you've got Zahara Farine. He's going to be going up against Josiah Nunes. Nunes, a minus 550 favorite in this one. The round prop is at two and a half shaded down to the under what are you taking a look at in this fight? Because I know that you're betting it, but you're not necessarily laying the minus 550 that we're seeing right now with Nunes. 
No, I'm staying away from the minus 550. This for me is a get in on the on the round one win prop for Josiane Nunez. Uh, Zara Farron has not made it out of the first round in two appearances in the UFC. I don't expect that to happen on Saturday. Josiane Nunez has big power despite being relatively diminutive for this this division. And so I'm just expecting her to come out and throw big overhands and work the body a little bit and get Zara Farron out of there at plus 225 for a round one finish. I'll take that for a for a favorite that's, as you said, super chalky on Saturday. Yep, it certainly is one that you're going to probably need to try to reduce the juice on a little bit if you're taking a look at it. And Dan, how would you play a fight like this? And, if there, it, and is there one that maybe is like a minus $3? I'm seeing one right now where you've got I believe it's a media who is right now like a minus 1000 favorite things of that nature. And is there any of these fights that you're taking a look at and you're thinking, man, I really like the favorite, but I can't lay this big of a number. And I'm going to be trying to take a look at something like a round prop an exact way to win something like that. Yeah. I actually really like uh, Spencer's play that he, he just discussed. There's another one similar to that on the, uh, main card, our, our lone women's fight, uh, Jessica Andrade versus Lauren Murphy. Uh, Andrade is a very big, very big favorite, but honestly, she should be a very big favorite. Um, you know, Lauren Murphy's had a very interesting career. I, I really like Lauren Murphy as, as a person, as a fighter, just as a, a vet who who kind of wins fights on, on grit and determination alone. I, I think against uh, Jessica Andrade, one of the few true, pure uh, female strikers in the UFC, uh, she has legit KO power, which you don't get a lot uh, in women's fights. Uh, I don't want to lay minus 500 on her, but getting her inside the distance at plus 110, um, you know, usually against any other opponent, I would probably jump at that immediately. Uh, again, M Murphy just has the, just this amazing resiliency and, and grit, but she's also got a lot of scar tissue. Uh, she's hittable. I think things like that could really cost her in this fight. So yeah, on the main card, uh, another big favorite, Andrade, minus 500. I, I couldn't follow you one bit, taking her inside the distance at plus 110. I, I think the KO props at a pl about plus 152. So uh, I think those are two really solid angles to play a really big favorite. Yep, and with Murphy up there in years at 39 years old. And Spencer, I know that there's one other favorite that you're looking to be able to extract a little bit more value from as well. And this would be Thiago Moises going to face off against Miguel Costa Costa. Right now, about a $3 underdog with Moises. You're finding him right around minus 340, minus 360. Take me through what you're taking a look at here to be able to reduce the juice and perhaps turn this into a little bit of a plus money bet. So for me, it's just looking at the finish prop. Uh, Tiago Moises is a much more experienced, much more greater pedigree in the UFC than his opponent, Melk Costa, who is coming in on short notice. You look at the guys that Tiago Moises has lost to, and it's all quality competition, including the current champ, Islam Mahashev. He looked great last time out against Tiago Moises. And so if you can get that finish at plus 100 or even a little bit better, to me, I think he goes out. It gives him 15 minutes to go out there and get a choke. I think it probably only takes him five, maybe 10 max, and he gets the job done at, at plus money. I love it. That's a good way to be able to take a look at the undercard, find some big favorites, be able to extract a little bit of value there. But coming up next, we're going to be rejoined by Dan Sup of Action Network along with Spencer Kite over there doing some great work at UFC.com. And we're going to be taking a look at the main card for UFC 283 with them next. Here on the Greg Peterson Experience, I'm Beeson, the Sports Bank Network.
represent himself on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. If you're looking for a betting edge on football's biggest game, the VSIN experts have you covered. Become a VSIN Pro subscriber with an introductory offer of only $9.99. VSIN Pro subscribers. Get access to a daily recap of all the top plays made by VEASAN shows and guests. Tools like our betting splits that let you see where the money and the bets are moving on every game. Deep dive betting reports, VEASAN betting guides for all the biggest games of the season where our experts break down brackets, best bets, and all the big game props. Do not miss out on this limited time offer. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe today and sign up for just $9.99 and become a part of the sports betting network that is at VSIN.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN. Esports Bank Network, great to be rejoined by Spencer Kite. Does a great job over at Severe MMA and does some freelancing over at UFC.com. And we've got Dan Stupp of Action Network. And before we dive into the main event, we were talking about this a little bit off air. The fact that when you get these fights that are outside the United States, you've got a lot of different fighters that they're going to be fighting in their home country. And you get a lot of home crowds that they are very, very different. Spencer, when it comes to these fights being in Brazil, and a lot of these are are fighters that are from Brazil, and they're going up against someone from outside the country, how do you gauge this? And is there, for lack of a better term, home octagon advantage for these Brazilian fighters? I think there is a little bit just in terms of like the atmosphere, right? We were, as we were saying, if you've ever seen a show from Brazil, anyone that isn't Brazilian will be greeted with a, a rousing rendition of Uva Moer for the entire fight, which means, hey, you're going to die. And so the other part of it is every time one of these Brazilian athletes lands any kind of strike or even comes close, it's going to be treated as if they landed the biggest knockout blow ever. And if you get one of these fights going close, like, let's say, maybe the, the flyweight title fight with Davison Figueiredo and Brandon Moreno, Everything Figueredo lands is going to get a huge pop from the crowd at Genesee Arena on Saturday. And so those things certainly can sway judges. They they try their best not to be influenced by the crowd, but it certainly does play a factor into it. Yep, I think that that's something so interesting to take a look at. And Dan, do you have sort of the same sentiments on this? And I do feel like as well, because we're talking about the fight in Brazil, it can vary from country to country, I've noticed as well. Yeah, I've, I've heard a, a few uh, judges, even referees, kind of talk about it. Uh, you don't really think about it, but, you know, if you, you kind of look away for a split second and you hear the crowd cheer very loudly, you, you're going to assume the Brazilian or the local guy did something. Um, and, and those little things can add up. And, and like Spencer said, when it, it comes down to a close fight, those just those little things can make a difference. And, and the flyweight title fight, I think, is a, a good example in the co-main event. Uh, it's one of the more closely lined fights. You, you've got a Brazilian versus a non-Brazilian. Um, you know, I, I would be lying if I said I didn't make that at least part of my handicapping process, knowing that that's probably worth a, a, a few extra points, you know, for the, the local guy. So, yeah, I think you absolutely have to take that to a, into account, especially knowing how, I, you know, MMA judging is bad, but it's also just kind of a, a flawed thing that you have to do. It's a tough thing to do, and it's hard sometimes in these close rounds uh, to pick a winner. And if you've got, you know, in the back of your mind that this guy probably landed more just because it sounded like he landed more, the crowd's really into it. It's so easy to, to sway judges in close, in close fights like that. 
Absolutely. And let's take a look at the main card that we're going to be getting in UFC 283. And I think that this one is very interesting. You've got Paul Craig and Johnny Walker going at it. Walker opened up a minus 170 favorite. Apparently, they are looking to walk with Walker. He's now a minus 190 favorite. And round prop is one and a half. Just the under, minus 180. So they're expecting a finish in this one. Spencer, any sort of a play in the Craig Walker fight? For me, it's it's banking on Paul Craig getting it done. Um, I like the fact that he's willing to take some punishment to do what he wants to do. I think, honestly, if if you don't want to pick a side, that under and that finish on either side is a good bet. For me, it's just banking on Johnny Walker being a little too amped up, getting a little too wild making a mistake. I like the Paul Craig finish at plus 225. I also like him as just on the money line at plus 160 as you have it up on the graphic there. I'll take that return hoping that Johnny Walker makes a mistake and gets caught. And is there anything that you like in this fight, Dan? Because I do think that it's so interesting. It's just about, in my opinion, picking which guy is going to finish. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's a very great way to look at it. And and I've made a lot of money betting on Craig to win fights that he probably shouldn't have win, but somehow pulls it out. And I think against a guy like Johnny Walker, initially I was very much leaning toward Johnny Walker, even thinking of maybe parlaying him or, or paying the, the steep price on a minus 200 or minus 190 around there. Um, but, you know, kind of as the week has gone on and, and I've dug into it a little more and really thought about kind of their recent history, I don't trust Walker. I, I wouldn't trust him at even money, uh, let alone at minus 200. And just knowing Craig finds these ways to win. Um, and, and it's not just kind of pure luck that he pulls some of the, these wins out, out of a hat. It's just that he's got the, the, the submission skills. He, he's got the, the grappling to, to create these positions. But he, he can take a lot of punishment getting the fight where he wants it. But, um, you know, he's done it in the past. So who am I to, to question him now? So, yeah, I think if you're going to play this, I, I think Craig is the way to go. And if you're going to play Craig, you might as well take it inside the distance. Uh, it, you know, sub is always a, an option, too. But, you know, I could see him kind of doing some ground to pound here. So I would just take him to win inside the distance, whether it's a mission or a knockout. What I'm finding with this UFC 283 card is that we do have quite a few chalky favorites. And one of the bigger fights that we're going to be finding on the card involves that Gilbert Burns against Neil Magny with Burns, a minus 450 to minus $5 favorite round prop. It's now being juicy under. We saw juicy over on the open. Spencer, I'll lead off with you. Any value in the underdog and or just taking a look at a different way to be able to bet Gilbert Burns because Minus 460 to minus $5, getting a little bit chalky. As much as I like Neil Magny as a fighter and really appreciate what he's done for his career, most wins in welterweight division history now, I think this is one-way traffic for Gilbert Burns. And so for me, the only thing that I like is that inside the distance number. You can get it at plus 100, plus 110. And to me, I think he goes out and makes a statement on Saturday, runs through Neil Magny. So if you can get that, that finish prop, that inside the distance prop at a reasonable number, at a good number that you like, double up your money, get it in and, and take your profits. Absolutely. And when it comes to this fight, any sort of value for you, Dan, on the underdog, or is it a lot of the sentiments that, that Spencer was sharing? No, I, I think Spencer nailed it. I, I can't fault people for betting Magni in this spot. We, we've seen him be a, a tough, crafty veteran. And, and I think there are some paths to victory here, but I mean, it really comes down to that Gilbert Burns should win this. He 
he probably should neutralize them with, with low kicks and kind of take away that uh, that thread of um, of Magni fighting from distance. So I don't know. Like I said, it, it is definitely Burns' fight to lose. I, I think he's got some clear paths to victory. And if he fights his fight, then, yeah, it should be one-way traffic, like Spencer said. I do agree with you. And let's take a look at the main event. It is the Jamal Hill Glover Teixeira fight. Teixeira opened up as right around a plus 110 underdog. Now you're finding him in a lot of places more around a plus 120. And, well, round prop is currently set at one and a half. You typically don't find this for a fight on the, the for a fight that is headlining. Spencer, I'll start with you. What are you taking a look at in terms of Teixeira versus Hill? I'm just playing with the experience. As we talked about a little bit off air, I am a year and two days older than Glover Teixeira. <laughs> so I'm riding with the old, the, the young old guy. Um, I just think he has more paths to victory. We haven't seen Jamal Hill beat somebody at this level. Glover Teixeira is a former champion. He's been here before. He gets the benefit of, of fighting at home that I know he's very excited about. And so I'm going to gonna ride with Glover, like the money line at plus money, like the finish prop at, at plus 160 as well. And so let's see if the old guy can get the belt back. Absolutely. And then when it comes to you on this fight, Dan, where do you stand on Teixeira versus Hill? I, I really want to go with Teixeira, uh, but, you know, being an old guy like Spencer, like <laughs> I, I can barely get out of the chair at 44. So I don't know how this guy is fighting a world beater at 43. Um, I, you know, I, I, I was big on Hill early and I think part of me maybe is stuck in that initial uh, kind of talent analysis. And I, I want to prove myself right. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I think a lot is made that uh, Teixeira can have, Dominance on the ground. He can get the takedowns. We've seen Jamal Hill taken down. We've also seen him get up a lot very easily sometimes, uh, kind of from that Derek Lewis uh, school of just get up. Like he, he he gets taken down, but he gets up. I, I think, you know, he's got unique power for the division. I think we haven't even seen all of it. Um, right now I'm split on this fight. It, you know, I, I really want to like Hill, but it, it's so hard to, to bet against uh, Glover Teixeira who keeps, proven us wrong over and over again at the, in his forties. And, and as a guy in his forties, obviously I got a soft spot for that. I think kills the play with the, the, the head, but if you're going with the heart, I can't blame you. Take the Glover here. The share has proved us wrong so many times, but you guys always prove us right. Spencer, you do great work over there at severe MMA and UFC.com. And Dan does amazing work over at action network. Big thanks to them for joining me to break down UFC 283 and coming up next to finish the Greg Peterson experience. We take a look at Friday's college basketball card on Visa the sports bank network. At bed, three, six, five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets. When you bet just $5, Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. 
Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter let's please welcome jamal crawford to point game king of the court one-on-one tournament if they had it back in your prime do you think he could have took it all i'm gonna be honest with you i don't think i could have took it all but i think i would have shocked a lot of people i think kobe and everybody in their prime kobe would win a one-on-one contest yeah yeah because you gotta think he's gonna guard he don't care about guarding He's gonna guard. He's gonna exactly. guard. Like you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's gonna guard. And then on I'm top of that, like that, see that, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? Because he ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The football playoffs are heating up with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for all things football this playoff season. Celebrate this weekend with our divisional round parlay insurance and then extend the fun throughout the rest of the playoffs with our playoffs first touchdown insurance. Log into BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app today to get in on all the action as it is a whole new game. It's final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It was great to be joined by Spencer Kite, who does great work at Severe MMA and also does some freelance work over at UFC.com along with Dan Stuff. Take a look at this weekend's fights. And as we were talking about a little bit earlier in the hour, there's going to be a lot of good fight cards that are going to be coming up here in the winter into the early spring months. So we're going to have a lot of that coming up here on the Greg Peterson Experience. Always love being able to take a look at some of the good UFC fights. So always do love that and always love a good college basketball card. And first things first, I've yet to shout out the guys behind the scenes that do absolutely amazing work here. Whether you're watching on visa.com, listening on sports map radio, what have you, we've got an absolutely incredible team. If you miss anything from the Greg Peterson experience today, as you're going to have a replay coming up next, if you're watching slash listening on visa.com. But that said, if you miss anything, you're able to download every hour of the Greg Peterson experience via podcast form, vsin.com slash podcast, or wherever you get the vsin best bets feed, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, list goes on and on. Sean is our man that posts up all the hours there, and that goes for all the shows here on vsin. Whether you're liking the Greg Peterson experience, follow the money, a numbers game, you're able to go down the list. We've got you guys covered there. My wonderful producer, Jason, is a man that sets up all these tremendous interviews and somehow, some way, keeps me wired in and in line. That is a very difficult task, and yet he does so with a smile 
everything that you see on visa.com in terms of the graphics if you're watching on something like youtube tv that is courtesy of nick and if you're listening on sports map radio if you're listening via any sort of podcast what have you it is our good friend taylor that gets me set up on audio as our engineer and just a little bit of programming note, 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. It is Follow the Money with Mitch Boss, Paul Howard. They're going to get you guys set for what is going to be a tremendous weekend in the UFC, in the NFL. It's all happening in all forms of basketball. So maybe you got you guys covered there. If you're listening via podcast, well, I have no idea what's coming up next for you. It could be something like what not to wear or something like that. That I do not know anything about, but what I do know about is college basketball. So... Let's dive into what is going to be a solid card for Friday. It's a smaller one, but you know what? A nice appetizer to what we're going to be getting on Saturday. And we're going to be taking a look at 895, 896 on the board. It is Boise State that they're to face off against New Mexico. New Mexico is a favorite of anywhere between two and three points. A lot of deviation in the market right now. Your total between 144 and a half and 145. This was down as low as one and a half. So we are seeing this number start to spike quite a bit, but my right up here is on New Mexico. I set them as a four-point favorite, so whether you've got two, two and a half, or three, I'm going to lay the number. Always try to be able to get the best of it, but that said, I do like it on all numbers as of right now with New Mexico. They've been able to do a solid job with their offense. They're a top 35 team in terms of offensive efficiency, merely the amount of points scored on a per-possession basis, and they're going to be going up against a top 20 defense in Boise State, but what I think is going to be key for New Mexico is what has been a concept for them getting to the free throw line. At least 18 free throws attempted in 11 out of their last 12 games, even though they play at a breakneck pace. They're in the top 30 in terms of total possessions per game in all of college basketball. They are one of the top teams at just getting to the free throw line on a per-possession basis. Not just a per-game basis, but a per-possession basis. They are number eight in terms of the amount of free throws that they attempt on a per-field goal attempted basis. So that is something that I think is very critical New Mexico has been able to do a great job with that regard. I do like their backcourt as well, and it's a big reason why they've been able to improve on defense. While New Mexico is a little bit more of an offense-oriented team, they are still a top-60 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, and the biggest reason why Jalen House. House is number two in all of college basketball in steals per game with 2.9. On top of the steals that he's able to give you, he also does a solid job shooting 41.5% from three. Chips in there 17.4 points, 4.6 assists per game. So I do like his overall game. And for Boise State, you do have a few guys that are able to bomb it from three-point range themselves as you've got a bunch in Boise State that has actually been able to exceed 75 points in each of their last four games. They've been able to do a rock-solid job with that regard. But I do take a look at this spot, and I do think that they're going to be able to get Chuzu Agbo along with Max Rice going. Both of these guys are shooting north of 41% from three-point range, and they've been able to combine for right in the neighborhood about 25 points per game. And then you take a look at Tyson Dagenard and Marcus Shaver. These are two versatile players that both give you 13.5 points per game, combined for 12 boards, but they both shoot below 30% from three-point range, leave a little bit of something to be desired there. Boise State does a good job of only turning the ball over 11 times. The one thing that their defense doesn't do, which is very, very solid, they don't necessarily generate a bunch of turnovers themselves. So New Mexico is going to be in their free-flowing offense, and New Mexico has the advantage on the glass one because they rank in the top 35 in terms of rebound rate, 31st overall for them, 37th 
for Boise State. And it's been the transfers that have made all the difference for New Mexico. As you've got a pair of guys in Josiah Alec along with Maurice Uduze, who have been able to combine for in that neighborhood about 16 rebounds per game. Uduze has been able to also chip in their 15.5 points per game. Alec only giving you more like 8 points per game. But on top of that, KJ Jenkins, who was out of the fold for one of the team's two losses. That came to Fresno State. He's a big X factor for the team. Shoots 40% from three. Gives you eight points per game. He's now all good to go for the team. Marcus Shaver Jr. Nice statue suffer for Boise State with everything that he's able to do as a senior leader. But I do think that also having Jamal Mashburn Jr. An 18.5 point per game scorer that's able to get you a three-point shooting percentage right around 40%. Despite the fact that he shoots a lot of threes on volume. That is going to be the X factor. Very hard to go into the pit and win. I think that. Our good friends in Boise State are going to be finding that out the hard way. My write-up here is on New Mexico. I'm really willing to lay up to about 3.5 with them. And when it comes to the total, I do think that things are going to be a little bit more slowed down. We have seen New Mexico be able to win games in which it's a little bit of a lower possession game. That game that they won a little bit earlier in the season against St. Mary's. Either team got to 70 points. Ditto for that game that they played against San Francisco as well. So, in circumstance where I'm looking at the under as long as we... Get it northward of 144, and DK Nation right up is laying the points with New Mexico. And when it comes to the Friday card, we're actually going to be seeing some Northeastern Conference games that are going to be going down. And this is a money-burning team that I don't think that you should be betting on. 306-533, 306-534. Wagner is going to be playing us to Central Connecticut State. Central Connecticut State opens up as a four-point underdog. Now they're anywhere between 4.5 and 5, and, and your total is between 123.5 and 124.5. Wagner has been one of the worst against the spread teams in all of college basketball, and I do not understand why they are currently getting the money. It's a Wagner team that has had a very, very tough time being able to generate offense. They've gotten past the 70-point plateau against a D1 team just twice this year. Now, part of it is that they are a top 100 team in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis, so you do give them a little bit of credit there, but you need to show a little bit more offense than what they've been able to give you. And for Central Connecticut State, they've been able to win two out of their last four games. Their offense has been getting cranked up 72-plus points in far of their last five games, despite the fact that they're a little bit more of a controlled team. And what I think is going to be very big for Central Connecticut State, getting their two main guards in Nigel Scantleberry, along with Kellen Amos going. Amos might be the best scorer in this game, with right around 15 points per contest, shoots 39% from three-point range. Scantleberry, he's only been able to shoot about 30% from the outside, but does a good job running this offense. He and Amos combined for three seals per game. Scandalberry, four rebounds, about 10.5 points per contest. And then Andre Sai, he's going to need to win the battle down though. He's been able to give this team in Central Connecticut State right around 8.5 points, 6.5 rebounds per game. But he's been able to do a rock-solid job. Take a look at the flip side for Wagner. And they have not exceeded the 64-point plateau in any of their last four games. And you do have Jelani Hunt, who has been able to do a good job of teaming up with Brandon Brown. They combine for about 24 points per game. Brown, who comes in from the SWAC, has been able to give you nine rebounds per game, but it's not like he's got any sort of ideal size. It is a Wagner Seahawks team that they shoot about 32.5% from three with right around 12 turnovers per game, but they can't punch the ball inside. They shoot 39.5% overall from the floor. They've been dealing with an injury to Zaire Williams, who's been able to give you about eight points, ships in there a little bit over a seal per game. I will say with Brown and Delani Hunt, they do a good job of being able to generate right around three and a half seals per game. But I said Central Connecticut State as a road favorite. I like the way that this team has been able to form themselves. Pat Sellers, I think, is a mid-major coach that is starting to go places. It's been a little bit of a rough year for Central Connecticut State, but like the fight that they've been showing, they've been able to hang in there in a lot of games. And got a Wagner team that is currently 4-10 and 10 against the spread. 
not been good for them. They've only covered three out of their last 13 games. So circumstance where I'm going to be looking at Central Connecticut State on the money line. A little bit of an interesting ordeal with this total. I think that we went just a hair too low. I set my total more in the pocket of a 127. So also taking a look at the over and that leads us into our hour number three pro tip here on the Greg Peterson Experience. VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all these. And we talked about it in hour number one with Ian McMillan. If you're taking a look at player props, default a little bit more to the under rather than the over. People love to bet overs, especially in big time games like we're going to be seeing this week. And you're not going to find a lot of people taking a look at the under, which means that you're going to get better value on those. And you always get tremendous value with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard. Follow the money comes your way 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.